pet talk. The world needs you to stop being boring. Yeah, you. Boring is easy. Everybody can be boring, but you're gooder than that. Life is not a game, people. Life isn't a cereal either. Well, it is a cereal. And if life is a game, aren't we all on the same team? I mean, really, right? I'm on your team. Be on my team. This is life, people. You got air coming through your nose. You got heartbeat. That means it's time to do something. A poem. Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the road less traveled. It hurt, man. Really bad. Rocks, thorns, and glass. My pants broke. Wah! Not cool, Robert Frost. But what if there really were two paths? I won't be in the one that leads to awesome. It's like that dude Journey said. Don't stop believing, unless you dream stupid. Then you should get a better dream. I think that's how it goes. Get a better dream and keep going, keep going, keep going, and keep going. Will Michael Jordan have quit? Well, he did quit, so he retired. Yeah, that's he retired. But before that, in high school, what if he quit when he didn't make the team? He would never made Space Jam, and I love Space Jam. What will be your Space Jam? What will you create will make the world awesome? Nothing if you keep sitting there. That's why I'm talking to you today. This is your time. This is my time. It's our time. We can make every day better for each other. If we're all on the same team, let's start acting like it. We got work to do. We can cry about it, or we can dance about it. We were made to be awesome. Let's get out there. I don't know everything. I'm just a kid, but I do know this: it's everybody's duty to give the world a reason to dance. So get to it. That will make the world awesome. Play ball. You have to go home and watch um, the rest of it. Uh, it's called Soul. It's called um, Pre Kid President. Uh, pep talk. He has like several videos. I watch all his videos and I just get delivered in each video because I'm like, I, I take myself way too seriously. <laughs> this kid is changing the world. He just like drew a little president sign behind his you know, room and he just talks in camera and it's just awesome. I just love it. So my goal today is to kill self-hatred and to tell you guys how awesome you are. And so let's get going. So uh, Genesis 127 says we were created in his image. But what I love about that is um, everything that happened in Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 1-27. Because you need to know that to know that he put all of that in you. So when Jesus said, let there be light, he put that in you. When he said, let there be stars and let there be animals and let them be multiply and take dominion, he put that in you. He said he breathed in our nostrils. So all of that creativity, all of that passion, all of that joy. Okay, I went to the zoo yesterday and every animal I saw, this was my expression. 
I was like so like thrilled. Like we got to pet a giraffe and I was like, oh my gosh. It was just so cool. That's his expression over us, over his creation. He wasn't like, God, let there be light. He was like, God, let there be light. And he just allowed light to come forth. He allowed stars to come out of him. He allowed creatures and creativity. I mean, we saw a warthog with like hair on his on his nostril and this like thin tail. And it's just like this crazy, the craziest animals. And all of that came out of Jesus. And all of that he breathed into you. All of the beauty I mean, when I think of when he created the stars, I know we don't get to see that many stars in Dallas, but just go there with me. Like, stars in the heavens, like the universe, like the stars are burning flames. They're burning. And he put that in you. Okay? Self-hatred leaving. I should be living. Um, I wanted to tell you all the different definition of awesome. It means breathtaking, awe-inspiring, wonderful, stunning, staggering, imposing, stirring, impressive, formidable, fearsome. Sasha Fierce right here. Fierce. Fierce. Y'all are fierce. <laughs> and the antonym, like the total opposite of awesome, is unimpressive. And like, when I was reading that definition, I was like, Lord... Sometimes we feel like we're so unimpressive, but that's so not true. We're so awesome. We're so awesome. You're so awesome. I love it. He's just like over and over again. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. Okay, and I also looked at the word let. When we got to let there be light and let there be animals and let them eat these trees that I made from the ground, he's, he, it means allow. It means like, just allow it to take over this, this place. Just remember that for later. Allow. Allow to pass, allow to come, or occupy a space or a room in you. And when he said, you know, in the creation, he's like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is really, really good. He's, he kept saying good. It means righteous. From the beginning, he was declaring everything righteous. In line with him, perfect, beautiful. Other definitions of good were like honorable, cheerful, free of distress and pain. Okay, so when he said, I created man in my image, and I say it's good, he was already declaring us righteous. Righteous before him. Righteous. Righteous. We're righteous. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Okay. Another um, verse, y'all know. Psalm 139. It's cool. Baby dedication. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully. Did y'all ever think of that word and be like, why am I fearfully made? Did y'all, anyone? Not just me? Okay, thanks. Thanks, Sule. Fearfully, fearfully is like that, back to that word, formidable. Like we are so fierce. Like what's inside of us is so magnificent. It brings fear. It brings trembling. Trembling. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Again, you are awesome. You are awesome. 
gosh, I, I see like everyone waking up in the morning and you're like, man, I, I suck at this. I don't do well at this. My day just was tanked, it was horrible. And you all, we all take that and, I, and make that our identity. But that is not our identity. Our identity is in Christ and he declares over us that we are awesome. That we are awesome. All right. Another verse that I, okay, here we go. This is going to get good. All right. Hebrews 1.3. If you want to go there, go there. That'll be cool. We'll just read it together and I'll get some water. Hebrews 1.3, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. All right, so Jesus and I were talking. He said, Sasha, instead of the sun radiates, put the sons of God. So let's going to reread this verse. The sons of God radiate God's own glory and express the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he has cleansed us from our sins, we sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God. We radiate and express God. God is inside of us. We express him just by being us. You're awesome. You are awesome. It's just like everything growing up or whatever you came through, you're like, well, I'm screwing up in this way. I'm sinning in this way. That's not the issue. It's stop being an issue on the cross. All right? Jesus is living inside of you and you radiate his beauty. He doesn't associate your sin or your past with who you are. And you need to stop associating it. <laughs> with who you are. Sasha, all right, let's do this. So let's, let's, let's draw some conclusions from that verse. We radiate his glory. We carry his nature. We express his glory. We have been given the power of life in our tongue. Okay, so there's some serious like things going on here. We're powerful. We're awesome. We're formidable. We're mighty. And like... You know, depression will come knocking on our door and be like, no, you know, you're sad, pitiful. It's like, we need to whip out our sword. <laughs> be like, ah, today I'm, I'm awesome. And the next day I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Get away from me, depression. That's just like has no place in this temple. It has no, no, like that word let, let, we were saying allow to come in or allow to, to take over. We allow depression to come in. It's kind of intense, but we can also let it go. That's what deliverance is. It's saying, I let go of this sadness. I let go of this pain. I let go of this anger, this bitterness. That's what forgiveness is, right? We're letting that person go. We're getting free just by letting go and letting in. Letting in his love, letting in his goodness, letting in, letting him tell me how awesome I am every day. Go ahead, daddy, just tell me how awesome I am. Thank you. Thank you, Papa. All right. So 
All right, it gets even better, guys. It gets even better. God's so good. All right, we're not just awesome, but we're awesomely loved. Okay, do we need to go back to that definition of awesome? I think we do. Breathtaking, awe-inspiring, magnificent. He has magnificent love towards you. He has staggering love towards you. This was another definition, dreaded. He has fierce, like brave heart love. Come on, ladies. Like, like William Wallace coming after you, coming after your heart. Like, that's Jesus. He's for real. I, I watched that movie and I just got saved over and over again. And that's why my son's middle name is William, just FYI, because of that movie. <laughs> um, another synonym for awesome is mind boggling. Praise Jesus, mind blowing. It's kind of interesting that all these things, mind, get out of here and it's blowing, it's up and jaw dropping, excellent, marvelous, wondrous. Again, the, the opposite of awesome is unimpressive. So the way that Jesus loves you is very impressive. Very impressive. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. Awesomely loved. Song of Solomon. We got to go there because I just like ate up Song of Solomon during high school. And it just <laughs> was, I live, this is, I describe my high school like this. I had, it was by the grace of God, I had this reality of his banner of love over me. Every, when I go into high school, I was like, I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. I went to public school, uh, high school. I'm loved, I'm loved. I would go into class so happy. I was just like, <laughs> and seriously, they're like, are you on something? Like, I got the ass every day. I go, no, I drink a little bit of coffee, but mostly it's Jesus. I'm so serious. So here's Song of Solomon 2.4. Lord, brand this on our hearts. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. Did y'all hear that let word? Let him lead me to the banquet hall. We have to allow that love to occupy this space. We have to let that banner be over us every day. Allow that love, Lord, to occupy our hearts, to occupy our temples so that we know that we're awesome and awesomely loved. All right, Isaiah 62, let's, let's keep going. Let's just keep feeding this awesomeness. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna put your name over Zion. I'm not speaking replacement theology. We're just speaking truth here. So for Sasha's sake, or put your name in there, I will not keep silent. For Sasha's sake, I will not remain quiet. So here's that fierce God that he's passionate. He's going after you. He's not, he's not afraid that you just put up 40 walls. He's like busting through those walls, busting through, busting through. I'm getting to her. I'm serious, guys. He is so fierce. He is so fierce, so after your heart, so in love with you that even if you put up 40 walls, he's coming in like the Hulk, all right? He's coming in. I'm so in love with a God that didn't stop loving me when I said, screw you. Because he kept coming. Come on. That's the God we serve. Sorry for that language. If that was language from people. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta use fierce words for a fierce God, I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> and this is why he won't keep silent. 
he says, tell her vindication shines out like the, the dawn. Until you're shining like a diamond. <laughs> okay? He knows how awesome you are. You, we're still getting it. We're still getting it every day. But he knows. And he's so after you shining so brightly. That's why he's going to come in like a Hulk in your life. Does that make sense? He knows how awesome you are. He's, his job is to convince you of how awesome you are. And our job is to believe how awesome we are. Again, not by what we do or what we don't do, but simply because he said, you are awesome. Simply because he's like, over her is my delight. Over me is his delight. I love the picture of Jesus dancing over me. I think about that all the time. He's just dancing over me. Dancing his delight. He's like, Sasha, I'm so in love with you. I'm so proud of you. I just wanted to dance. And that's like that, 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 that kid. He's like, give the world a reason to dance. Be awesome. Okay. Let's keep going. Isaiah 62, verse 4. No longer will they call you deserted or your name land or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hepzibah. I love this word. That's why I had to bring it up. Hepzibah means you are my delight. You are my delight. Every day he's thinking about you. He's like, You're my delight. I love you so much. You're my delight. I want to love you more. I want to tell you how wonderful you are. Stop agreeing with the enemy about how not wonderful you are. Stop saying, start saying yes to me. Allow that, that delight to, to fill my heart. To fill this, these waters. Let light, let there be light. And it's again, he sees everything that you've done. He's seen the mistakes. That hasn't altered his vision of you. What the enemy wanted to do is alter your vision of yourself. Don't give him that power. Tell him, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. These verses are for real. They're not just there's they're not just pages. They're for real. They're sustenance. They're flesh. Alright? They come and kiss us. They come and they invade our lives. And they're actual sustenance. We've been eating on maggot bread way too long. We need to get to the table and start eating of the meat. Alright? Start eating of his delight. He says, come into my banquet hall. I was going to wear makeup today because this. But you know what's up? That's okay. And you know what cool thing about it is? He says, even in the midst of your enemies, I set up a table. I set up a table. Come eat. We should be fat off of the delight of Jesus. All right? This is the best diet plan anyone has ever told me. Come get fat in the love of Jesus. Come, come let him tell me how awesome I am. And it's not like this puffed up thing. It's for real. It's for real. Like, it's like deep, deep and wide, deep and wide. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ash. All right. This is, I love this. I love this. I love this. Matthew 3, 17. Uh, Jesus 
is um, about to be taken in the wilderness, but the father says, wait, 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 before you go into the wilderness, I need to tell you one thing. I, I was just, I really need to tell you that I love you. That you make me so proud, Jesus, that before you work any miracles, before you turn that water into wine, which that's going to be a good one, I just want to tell you that I love you so much that who you are pleases me. And I just want you all to hear that right now. Who you are pleases the Father, pleases his heart. And right now, you're, you're, that lie is coming up. Oh, well, no, not me. No. You. You. Well, I did this. No. It's on the cross. It's done. It's done. So God the Father declares over Jesus, I'm so in love with you. You make me so proud. He goes into the wilderness, right? And Satan tempts him with all this, these power-hungry trips. Like, I'll give you all this kingdom. I'll give you all of this. I just got thinking that the saints like, I'll do this for you. <laughs> like, look at all this power. But Jesus was so solidified in his belovedness in Christ. It's like he didn't have to flex his muscles. It was like, really? Like, all that is secondary to Jesus loving me. That's pretty awesome. That's how he overcame the wilderness, by his belovedness in Christ. That's awesome. Okay. So, we're awesome. Do we all believe that yet? Do we all believe? <laughs> <Do you? laughs> we are awesome. Okay, now, okay, well, what happens when, like, we do have those days that's like, man, this person hurt me, and I don't want to forgive that person at all. I just, like, I want to, like, hang them and, like, you know, just, like, make them work for it. Those are the times that we get to practice being awesome. Practice being who we are. So I was I've been thinking lately, like even as a body, as a Haas, we've been kind of, I feel like we've been challenged. Like there's just been stuff coming up and stuff in our lives. And we've been like working out, right? Like he increased the weight in our reps, okay? I, I like working out al um, analogies because it's easier for me to understand. So <laughs> he is increasing the weight. Okay, so we're feeling the pressure. We're feeling the resistance. That's our time to practice being awesome to practice being righteous. It says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Calamity being some catastrophe, mis misfortune, or blow. Okay, the difference between, like, we are awesome, right? Remember? <laughs> we, we need to remember all the time. Write it on your mirror. I'm awesome. Okay, uh, the difference between being awesome and not being awesome <laughs> is not that everything goes right for us. It's not that every circumstance goes right. It's not that we have all the money that we need all the time. It's how we respond to those situations, how we respond to the blow to the face. And what, what did the word says? It says, for a righteous man, or just say, for an awesome man or woman, may fall seven times, but they rise again. So that is the character of an awesome person. It's not that they don't get hit, it's that they rise. And not only do we rise, but we have resurrection power. So every time that we do get hit, it's like we come back that much stronger. So it's like, whoo, we get to welcome those blows in our life, okay? We don't have enough money in the bank, rent about around the corner, come on, come on, I got it, 
and I rise again. I rise harder. I rise stronger. I get more awesome. Hello. <laughs> All right. So it's awesome. We get resurrection power. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how much time I have. Okay. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious for anything. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, all that. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, think of such things. What, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice. Okay, so tips on how to be awesome. Rejoice. Rejoice. Like, there should be parties in your home every day, all right? And here's what's happening. You wake up, I'm so tired, I just had to feed Asher. I just, like, was so rude to my husband. Okay, realign with who I am. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm awesome, okay? And that, okay, we just got stronger. And then, like, we're like, okay, I'm awesome. And then we have a little party dance, okay? So rejoice, or rejoice. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. I hate anxiety. The Lord, when I was pregnant with um, Asher, the Lord was like, uh-oh, we're going to have to deal with this anxiety thing because this is not coming to Asher. And uh, I would just get worried about everything. <laughs> and do you know that that shouldn't be in our lives? Like that is not, shouldn't be in our lives. <laughs> it shouldn't, like anxiety. And yet, I'm sorry guys, but we're anxious people. <laughs> and we need to not be. And, the re and I think overcoming that is just how, we need to see how awesome God is how he works. And the more awesome that we see he is, then we'll let go of things. And we'll stop being anxious. And finally, after the 50th, 5th time that he just came through for you, you'll finally start believing him. And he's okay. He's a patient man. He's a patient man. Okay. Another tip to being awesome is think about awesome things, right? It just said, <laughs> put your mind on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. So back to the situation where I woke up and I fed Asher and I gave lip to my husband, which I don't do all the time, but sometimes I do. Um, <laughs> but I do, I rejoice in the fact, what did, I, what did I do? I just cleaned the kitchen. Yes, I cleaned the kitchen. That is something happy. I'm going to think about something happy. And then my husband, he forgave me. Oh, that's something happy. So I think about that. And what happens to your mindset? You're not thinking about all your mistakes. You're thinking about how awesome you are again. <laughs> so that is a thing. Okay. I want to skip some stuff and, and just get down to the, to the last part because I think this is really cool. The Lord showed me something in the prodigal son story. Because Jesus, when I was preparing for this message, he kept saying, sin isn't the issue. Sin isn't the issue. Sin is not the issue. So here we go. Let's read it. But when he, so we know that we, there's a prodigal son, the younger son, and the older son. So the prodigal son just messed up really bad. And uh, he says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of the father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth what, before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So what is he doing right now? He's kind of rehearsing his sin. He's kind of like, this is what I did. I'm going to say this to my father. But he arose and came to his father. Repentance. <laughs> that's, that's what repentance was. He rose and came to his father. So many times we're like, I just need to, and I do this so bad. I need to work, work and, and, and show him that I'm all clean and that I can come to the father. That's what the prodigal son did. But what God wants is that's just to come home. He just wants us to come home. Okay? That's all he wants. That's all he wants. He just wants his family. <laughs> he just wants his family. Sin separated you in your mind for a second. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm a failure. But he just wants you to turn and come back home. So this is cool. So, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell. Okay, there you go. He ran. Okay, this is that fierce God again, all right? He is running to his son. He is like, I cannot get there fast enough. He is turning, and I want to go to him, all right? And what does he do? He kisses him. Right away, he restores intimacy. Right away. Did the father say, oh my gosh, you just screwed up. All that over there. Oh my gosh, let me, let me, let me laundry list your sins. You just spent that money there. You shouldn't have done that. No, he kissed him. He restored intimacy right away. Right away. Because all he wanted, he was missing his son. He wanted his son back with him. So, okay, this is really cool. Okay, he, so the prodigal son says, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I'm like, I'm horrible. I shouldn't be called your son. But this is the father's response. This is awesome. Bring out the best robe. Remember, he's like, remind him of how awesome he is. Remember, remind him that he's righteous before me. So he's putting on the robe. Put a ring on his hand. Remind him of his authority in me. Okay? Put sandals on his feet. Remind him of his calling and where he is to walk in his awesomeness. Okay? Bring the fatted calf. Bring the steaks and kill it. Not the steak. Well, you know, it's the cow. Okay. And let us eat and be merry. Again, he, want, he sets a banquet before him. Remember that banquet that's always available for us? He sets it before the prodigal son. Okay? So the only thing that that prodigal son really did, everyone would say, oh, he did all this, he did all this. He just forgot who he was. He just forgot how awesome he was. And the Lord just said, remind him, put a robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. Remind him of how awesome he is and how awesomely loved he is. And then he says this, for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is, and is found. It's like he's saying again, over and over again, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Over and over again. Guys, we can't just hear that and not be affected by it. We need to let that in. I'm God's beloved son. I'm God's beloved daughter. We will rock the world with that revelation. We will. Okay. The issue of the other son, he was offended because the other son got the party. So here's what happened in the story. The, the younger son asked for his inheritance. 
He spoiled his inheritance. He came back and he got the party. This other son was working in the field the whole time. Never, it doesn't say, and this is my, my version, he doesn't talk to the father. He doesn't play cards with the father. He doesn't hang out with the father. There's no intimacy there. And he didn't even ask for his inheritance. So really, I think the older son didn't get any of his inheritance. The younger son got half of it. Like, he got partial, the power maybe, the money, right? But he never got the intimacy. The other son was so worried about working for the Lord that he never pressed in and got to know the Father. And there's, it says, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? That's the works, guys. And then I will declare to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They this younger, this older son, he never went into the father. He never go, went into his chest and nuzzled up to him and let him speak his delight over him. So he ended up empty-handed on both accounts. No power, no intimacy. So let's go back home. Let's go back home and let him declare his awesomeness over us, his delight over us, his delight.